And um, how many of you have been up here to sing or give testimony or stand behind the pulpit and look out and see faces? Any, how many of you have done that? Okay. It's not as easy as you would think uh, just to uh, stand up here. So I appreciate the, these young men just uh, have the courage uh, to come up here and, and not only to come up here, but to sing out and to honor the Lord. Isn't it a blessing that we're on the winning side here tonight? I want you to, to go to a, a passage just been on my heart all week. I, I came very close to preaching from this passage this morning. I mentioned it, alluded to it this morning. Um, I felt led of the, the Lord this morning to, to deal with Father Abraham. Uh, but here tonight, I, I want to look at the life of Joshua. And if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 24, and this is at the end or toward the end of Joshua's life. And uh, there is a statement, very familiar statement uh, that Joshua makes in this passage of Scripture. Many of you maybe have this uh, statement in your house, uh, upon your doorframe, or I've seen this in many homes, uh, this particular statement. And it's a statement that uh, God has used just to challenge the life of multitudes of people. Joshua 24. And uh, I'd like you to stand with me. We'll read uh, a portion of Scripture here in the midst of the chapter, Joshua 24. And just uh, the statement here that Joshua makes is, For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think about this thought, my house will serve the Lord. And that's a statement of a father, my house will serve the Lord. That father just uh, very dogmatically is making that statement concerning his home. And there's no question about it. This is where we are. This is what we're committed to. We're going to serve Christ. And this is a father. This is such a needful uh, aspect in the life of a father. Uh, I want to begin at verse number 14. Then we'll come back and give a bit of context uh, to this passage tonight. Joshua 24, verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up, and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all, wherein, all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out them before us all, the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore we will, also, will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And uh, really as you look at this nation, it took one man, one man, to make the statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This one man challenged a nation. One man can make a difference. One man can make an impact upon his children, upon his home, upon his family. One man can make a difference in his church. And one man can make a difference to a nation. It takes a man, it takes courage, it takes boldness to come to that stand want to look at this thought tonight, my house will serve the Lord. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the good day that you've given us, and thank you that uh, those of, the, uh, of us that know you, we're on the winning side. 
And Lord, I thank you just for the faithfulness here tonight of the folks at Valley Bible Baptist. Such a blessing here tonight on this Father's Day. Uh, just to, to be able to have a good group coming out, coming to church, being here, uh, ready to hear from you. And Lord, we, we don't want this to be just vain repetition, just going through the motions, just playing church. But Lord, we need to hear from heaven. And Lord, we pray an eternal work would be done in this place. And Lord, maybe there's one young man who will take a stand and say, I'm going to serve the Lord. Maybe there's a father who would just take this stand and say, my home. We're going to serve the Lord. Uh, maybe there's a single mother just would state, uh, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to lead my family. Uh, Lord, maybe there's just a young person here that uh, would take a stand and say, I'm going to be different in my school. I'm going to be different in my home. I'm going to stand for you. I want to make an impact for you. I pray, God, tonight that you would challenge our hearts. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. I've um, been thinking about this passage of Scripture this week, and uh, I love uh, just in the Bible sometimes to study uh, great leaders of the Bible. And what we find of Joshua, Joshua is one of the great leaders of the past of Israel's history. Uh, we know the, the background when Moses passed off the scene. Uh, God uh, chose Joshua for the task to lead the children of Israel across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. And, and we know, and I believe God specifically chose Joshua. Joshua was a, a wonderful follower. And I've told many people, you will never be a leader until you learn first how to follow, until you learn how to follow your authority. And it's evident that Joshua uh, followed the authority of God, followed the authority of Moses. And when the time came that Israel needed a new leader, God said, Joshua, he's the man, he's the one I've chosen. It was Joshua that went over the Jordan River. It was Joshua that defeated the city of Jericho. The walls of Jericho fell. Uh, it was Joshua that guided Israel to conquering the promised land. And Joshua, Joshua mightily used of the Lord. Now Joshua chapter 24 takes place after the glory days and not long before Joshua's death. Uh, this is Joshua's last charge to his nation. I want you to go back with me, Joshua 24, verse number 1, and it reads, and this is at the end of his life, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And so here this man, Joshua, has been greatly used of God now toward the end of his life. He calls for the leadership, uh, the officers, the, the leaders uh, of his nation, calls them uh, where they would present themselves before the Lord. And you go toward the end of the chapter, verse number 29, and uh, we read, And it came to pass after these things, after this meeting uh, with the people of Israel, that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and 10 years old. And so this speaks of Joshua's leadership before his death. Here's this man, now an old man, near 110 years of age. He knows that he's going to be passing off of the scene very soon. And yet before he dies, he wants to give this last challenge, this last word to his nation. I've always heard that a man's last words are sometimes very very important. They're a revelation of his heart. Uh, my grandpa, it was about an hour before his passing, 
had an opportunity as his oldest grandson to go into the, into the hospital room. And there's my grandpa, and he was very weak and knowing that he was going to die. And, and basically, he gave me assurance of his salvation, saved at the age of 17. But uh, he gave me a charge, and he said, uh, I'm going to go away. But would you take care of Granny? That was my grandma. That was his precious bride. Uh, take care of Granny and make sure that she's cared for in my absence. And that was dear to his heart. And, and so getting the picture here, this is dear to his heart. This is what is very important to the heart of Joshua. Uh, he desires for his family and for his nation to continue in the ways of God. And I'm thinking here tonight that the heart that we see of Joshua ought to be the heart of each of us here tonight. Ought to be the heart of fathers, ought to be the heart of mothers, ought to be the heart of parents, ought to be the heart. This ought to be our desire tonight as we look at the life of Joshua. Now, I want you to consider, just as we look at the context, the number one, the conclusion of Joshua. This chapter reveals a deep burden upon his heart. Joshua was concerned that his people serve the Lord. He knew the, uh, really the, the frailty of the human heart, the tendency of the human heart to wander away from God. Now look in Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 2, just understanding this context. Here's Joshua speaking to the leaders of this nation. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor. And he says, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And so God is expressing here through Joshua to this nation that God chose Abraham. God called Abraham away from a life of idolatry where his fathers served other gods, and God, in grace, in mercy, uh, had a plan for Abraham, and God chose of Abraham to make of him a great nation. God called him out of that life of idolatry. Now, God, or Joshua, as he, as he goes over this passage, he knows the goodness of God to the nation of Israel. Uh, God made of Abraham a great nation. We read that in verse number 3. God blessed that nation in Egypt. Joshua rehearses this. And God multiplied that nation. And then God delivered that nation out of Egypt. If you look in verse number 5 of Joshua 24, he said, I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And so God delivered them by a miraculous hand, by a mighty hand, by a strong hand, out of the land of Egypt, God led them through the wilderness, and he goes on to rehearse in this passage that God defeated their enemies, and then God gave them the land in verse number 13. He says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards which you, planted not, uh, uh, which you planted not do you eat. So God gave you the land. I want you to notice the statement, and here's the conclusion of Joshua in verse 14. He says, Now, therefore, 
He says, considering all that God has done. Uh, You look back, God's been good to you. God chose Abraham. God uh, delivered him from a life of idolatry. God gave to him a great nation. God built that nation. Uh, God multiplied that nation in Egypt. God delivered that nation out of Egypt. God carried that nation through the wilderness. And now God has given to that nation this land. It's a land that you didn't work for, but it's a land of great blessings. Now, therefore, he says, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Here toward the end of Joshua's life, he's looking back on the blessings of God, and basically he's saying to this nation, God is worthy of your hearts. God is worthy of your service. God has been good to you. And I think each and every one of us here tonight would have to say God has been good to us. God is worthy of our service. God has been good to our families. He's given us life. He's given us health, provision, protection. And if you're saved tonight, God has given you that blessing of salvation in the home. I mentioned my grandparents. Both sets of my grandparents were Christians. Uh, uh, My mother's parents involved in Baptist churches and uh, my dad's parents and testimony of salvation. Uh, God's been good to me. I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. I've often said to my children, I have a goodly heritage. I've been blessed in so many ways. God has blessed. He's been good to me. And the goodness of God ought to lead us to repentance. That goodness of God ought to lead us to this conclusion that Joshua came to as he spoke to his nation. It's the conclusion. God's been good. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. That's Joshua's conclusion. But I want you to see here in verse 14 the challenge of Joshua. He says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. He says, Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Joshua understood an important principle. No man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and idols. You've got to make up your mind. No man can serve God and the world. Uh, The book of 1 John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, James said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. You cannot serve God and the world. You cannot serve God and money or position or pleasure or power or people. Uh, You must choose. And so Joshua, as he gives this challenge to the nation, saw the tendency of the human heart. It's a tendency to wander. It's a tendency to drift. It's a tendency to go back. So Joshua looks back at the blessings of God, says, Now therefore, serve the Lord. And here's the challenge to serve the Lord. You've got to put away the strange gods from your midst. It's the same challenge that Elijah gave to the people. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. But you cannot serve both Baal and the Lord. 
So Joshua offers a challenge to this nation. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Serve the Lord from your heart, put him first. Serve him with all of your heart, not hypocritically, but in sincerity and truth, wholly and completely. That's the challenge that Joshua gives to the nation. And to do so, he says in verse 14, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. I've discovered that often before we can really walk with God, there's something that keeps us from a full surrender to God. Sometimes there's something that takes away our heart, something that keeps us from putting God first place. And that something, whatever it be, must be set aside for the glory of God. And then Joshua concludes in verse 14, and serve ye the Lord. Is there something or someone that really stands in your way, keeps you from serving the Lord? And he says in verse 15, if it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. He puts this challenge, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. It's an act of the will. It's a choice. It's a decision. And I found that without a clear resolve, there will be a continuation of mediocrity. We okay? Yeah, we're good. I thought I was going to see Miss Carmen flying out the window. <laughs> so, yeah, very good. So, let's get back to the Bible here. Verse, verse number 15, you, you've got to choose. Who are you going to serve? A decision without a clear resolve, without a clear choice, without a clear decision, there's going to be a continuation in mediocrity. You know, I think a, a lot of times this is what is lacking. We, we go on in our Christian life, and, and we have not uh, really a fire for the Lord uh, because we've not made these clear-cut choices in our life. We continue on. You know, we go to church. We read our Bible. We pray. But we haven't come to this resolve, to the resolve of Daniel, who purposed in his heart, resolved in his heart, that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, uh, that resolve of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, I will not bow, I will not bend to the idols of this world. I I'm going to serve the Lord. Uh, that's the challenge that Joshua gives to this nation. I want you to notice the choice of Joshua. And on this Father's Day, may God give us some men like Joshua. Here Joshua said in verse number 15, I've made a choice for myself. You notice the statement, as for me. You can do as you wish, but my mind is made up. My heart is resolved. I will not budge. I will not bow. I will not bend. I've made a decision. As for me, he said, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to change. Uh, Brother uh, Ho, thank you for that testimony. That's the testimony uh, of a man that said, I cannot compromise. Uh, I'm really saddened today uh, across Christianity. I believe it's the compromise of many Christians that's kept us from the power of God. It's this thought that, yeah, I can serve the Lord, but I can serve the world. I can live with one foot in the world and one foot serving the Lord. No, you can't. And here's Joshua, as for me, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to change. I will serve the Lord. 
And before this congregation, Joshua boldly, boldly declares his intention. If you have any doubts as to where I stand, here's what Joshua says at the end of his life. This is my resolve. This is where we stand. And how we need today some parents who will be so bold before their children. Uh, Children, as for me, I am going to serve the Lord. I believe we need some pastors today who are going to make it very clear to their churches that I stand with the Lord, I'm not going to compromise, and I'm going to preach the Word of God, and you may not like it, but I have to be true to God. I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please the Lord because one day I will stand before the Lord and give an account of my life. As for me, that's what Joshua is saying. Uh, Before this congregation boldly, boldly, boldly declares that. How we need some politicians that would have the guts uh, to stand up and say, Hey, uh, I serve the Lord. I belong to the Lord. I'm going to follow the principles of God. You can mock me on the media if you want to. You can make fun of me. But I'm declaring my stand. I'm going to take my position right now. This is who I am. And be willing to face that mockery of the media and the multitudes. Oh, how we need that. Here's Joshua, the leader, the politician, the president, so to speak, of his nation, making that declaration before this nation. He said, I've made my choice. I've made my choice for myself, but I like this. I've made the choice for my family. You say, a man can't do that. Yeah, he can. He says, as for me and my house, we, we, we will serve the Lord. He didn't say to his family, I'm going to serve the Lord, and you decide what you're going to do. I'm going to have prayer time, and you decide whether you want to join me or not. He didn't say to my family, I'm going to church, and you can come if you want. You do as you wish. Now, Joshua was very clear. It's for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. Here's Joshua, family. It's time to get up. Time to read the Bible. And by the way, uh, I believe parents, you ought to direct when your kids get up. You ought to direct when they go to bed. Uh, You ought to direct in their lives. You ought to teach and train those principles in their lives and start when they're young, uh, when they're twigs, when they're branches, when they can be molded. And so many times parents as uh, young people get into their teenage years, they think, I've lost control. Uh, You lost it when they were small. You gained that heart as a youngster. Uh, Family, it's Wednesday night. We're going to church. Uh, Family, we're going to serve the Lord. It's our turn to clean. Uh, Family, we're going to go out and help hand out some flyers for VBS. Family, we're going to get involved, and we're going to serve the Lord together. As long as you're in my home, this is where I stand. This is where my home stands. I believe we need some men today that are able to say, and I, I'm not talking about uh, maybe uh, how, what would the word be? Uh, I, I believe uh, you can do this with a sweet spirit in the right way, but we need some men that will be men, and men that will say, I'm going to call the shots. I'm leading the way. Uh, I'm, I'm guiding. I'm not talking about dictatorial leadership. I'm talking about a a man that loves his wife, a man that loves his family, a man that loves the Lord. And out of that love for his wife, out of that love for his family, out of that love for his Lord, he's guiding his family in the ways of God. I'm talking about a man that, like Joshua was saying, I'm going to set the example, but I'm going to expect you to follow that example. 
I read a story recently that really illustrates this so very well. It's a godly father. He brought up his children to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved the Lord, and his children loved the Lord. As they grew, they went on to their own lives. They left their home. They all continued to serve the Lord, except for Henry. And there was a hanging in their home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This father would go by that verse and see that verse upon the wall, and it, it bothered him. He was convicted. Should I take that plaque down? Uh, it's not quite true. All of my children, the girls, the boys, they're serving the Lord, but Henry, Henry's not serving the Lord. What am I to do? It's not true of my home convicted him. Here's what the father concluded. He would leave the plaque on the wall with an amendment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he wrote the words, except for Henry. The next time Henry came to visit, he noticed the change. He said, Dad, why did you do that? And he said, well, son, you know very well that you're not serving the Lord. He said, your siblings, they're serving the Lord. They've committed to the Lord. They're involved in church. They're faithful in church. But Henry, you refuse. I've spoken with you about this, and I had to be honest. And it broke the heart of Henry. And Henry bowed his knee to Christ that day, and he was saved. The father took off of that plaque except for Henry. He was able to truthfully say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the leadership of a godly father. That's the image of Joshua before this nation. As we look at the life of Joshua, Joshua was powerful. I see here the continuation of Joshua. Look with me, Joshua 24 and verse number 16. Because of the impact of Joshua, and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out uh, from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we, or will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. That's the influence of a man that impacted a nation. A man that took a stand. And because of the stand of that man, here's a nation that followed in his footsteps. You go to chapter 24, verse number 29. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, and I like that, he's known as the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath, Sarah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And Israel, notice the statement, served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. That's the continuation of the influence of Joshua. It's stated here, as long as Joshua was alive, that nation served the Lord. And that nation continued to serve the Lord along with the elders that outlived Joshua. I want you to go to the book of Judges, chapter number 2. 
Judges chapter 2 and verse number 6, just a page over. And when Joshua, Joshua 2, or Judges 2, verse 6, And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Tinneth Harris, the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also, notice this next statement. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. In verse 11, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. I want you to get the picture here. One godly man, one dedicated individual, made a great impact upon his family, upon his nation. But there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. I am fearful for my nation. I'm fearful for its direction. I'm fearful that there is arising a generation that knows not the Lord. A generation that knows not the history of this great nation. A generation that is being taught a false history, a false narrative, a false direction. A generation that is turning away from the living God and turning to Baal, beginning to serve and worship Baal rather than the Lord, serving the flesh. And I believe with all of my heart we need one man, one woman, one young person that will make an impact, that will make a difference. One person that will state as Joshua, as for me, I belong to the Lord. I will serve the Lord. One man like Joshua, not only will I serve the Lord, but my family, we are going to serve the Lord. And I just state to you that when you make that choice, that decision for your home, for your life, for your individual, for your family, you will bring, as we spoke this morning, the blessing of God upon your home, upon your family. You'll save your family from a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache that this world will bring upon you. See, the wage is always death. You can choose to sin, but you cannot choose the consequences of that sin. You can choose to serve false gods, but you cannot choose the results or the consequences that will take place for the serving of false gods. But you can choose, like Joshua, to serve the Lord. and You can have the blessings. Now, here's the conclusion of Joshua. He said, God's been good to me. He says, therefore, let's serve the Lord. Here's the challenge. You can't serve both the Lord and the gods of this world. Choose who you're going to serve. Here's his choice. As for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. And with that choice, there was continuation of his influence all the way, uh, even past his death, to that generation that was with Joshua. Oh, I say, God, give us 
some more Joshua's today. With their heads bowed.